Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to The Treatment Room, a safe haven for estheticians and beauty lovers alike to indulge in all things skincare. We've got a lot on the books, from interviews with experts and estheticians to sessions with me one-on-one dedicated to helping you find your glow and reach your professional potential in this ever-changing spot industry. I'm Tess and I'll be your esthetician and host. Feel free to relax, take a deep breath and grab a comforting cup of tea. Welcome to the treatment room. Hey everybody, welcome back to the treatment room. My name is Tess. In today's episode, I wanted to highlight some tips that I've been thinking about and that I have been using myself that I figure they might be useful to you. So I think some of you are sort of in the loop with what I'm doing lately, and I have started a virtual consultation business. It's still probably, I'd say, about 20% of what I do. I have my YouTube channel. I have my podcast. I am working on another business that goes hand in hand with the consultations. And I was actually sort of keeping this under wraps for a while, but I am revealing it on my YouTube. I'm just I don't want, I'm not good at keeping secrets. I want to keep you guys involved in my journey. I never have wanted to just, you know, share the final product. I want to share the highs and lows and the mistakes and the process. So I'm just letting you guys, letting you guys in. I am starting a skincare line. So we are in the testing phase right now. It's very much still new, not ready, won't be ready for a while, and I am not in a rush with anything. That's some of the best advice I've gotten from doing these podcasts. I'm not in a rush, and I love that. I don't have anyone pressuring me, asking when things are going to be done. I don't have deadlines. I don't have to answer to anyone, and that is just... A beautiful thing about working for yourself. It doesn't mean you don't have deadlines for yourself and you're just totally lenient, but I really enjoy not feeling forced to put something out just because, you know, it's reached a certain date and time. I'm focused on quality and and really bringing something to market that I think is special and helpful. And I cannot wait to be a part of people's daily routines. To me, that is a beautiful thing. I am such a lover of a great product. I think a great product is so beneficial to somebody's life. And I always say that routine, I think, is the foundation for having a successful life. So if I can be part of that routine, if I can offer some something that is effective, that provides results, that is uplifting for somebody to use, that is just like a big life goal of mine. So that is something I'm working on. And it came, starting the skincare line came from the the business that I that I currently have, which is this virtual consulting business. And essentially what I do is I look at people, I look at their skin, obviously virtually from a distance. Um, so I rely on pictures, on on video, on on really getting a solid understanding from a client where their skin is at, what they want to see improved, and what they're currently doing. So in in doing this, I realized, you know what? I would love to be the go-to for a product rather than play the middleman, rather than pay another company to provide what I need. 
why don't I be that, that company? Why don't I give somebody exactly what I'm looking for? So I don't have to seek something else out and then have somebody pay that, that outside person. I think, I think it's a beautiful thing to have your own skincare line. And I think more estheticians um, should, because there's no reason you should be paying a third party to provide something that you can create yourself. Is it the easiest thing to do? No. Is it the, the cheapest thing to do? Not necessarily. And I think we will, I'll do a whole episode on my tips for starting a brand, starting a skincare line, et cetera, et cetera. But I just wanted to let you guys in on that part of my life. First of all, that announcement Again, I was feeling like it had to be this perfect reveal when it was all said and done and ready. And then I was like, you know what? No, like people are going to miss out on what happens in between. And I've always been, I've always been the person to just share in the process. Many of you know, I started vlogging in esthetician school on my iPhone. And I think people would get so much farther in their life if they were to literally just share what's going on rather than, you know, think they have to be this polished final version of themselves before they start sharing. I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk the other day talking about most people, wait, most people are just regurgitating other things they see rather than sharing their authentic journey And that is the biggest asset we have. Like, why would I not share in this process and you miss out on on learning? Uh, And in the meantime, I'm sharing sharing probably somebody else's posts, somebody else's knowledge when the biggest asset, like the only reason you're going to come to me as a resource is to hear what I have to say, not to hear me replicate what somebody else is saying. You know what I mean? So, so that is something I'm just getting better at. And instead of second guessing myself, I'm trying to just pull the camera out to just turn the mic on and talk about what I'm actually going through because in real time, because I think that is just way more interesting. That was a huge ramble, but In the podcast today, I'm going to get into my tips for virtual consulting because I think it's something many estheticians can do. And if you are limited by the confines of the pandemic, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few months. I think it's a really valuable business tool and thing to offer, especially as we move forward. I think virtual consulting is something more people should consider. And I think there's a lot of things that I have learned in doing it that I want to share with you. But if you're not doing virtual consultations, if you're working in the treatment room, I think most, if not all of these tips will still apply and still be helpful to know. So just know this is, again, These are things that are my opinion. There's not a right way or a wrong way if your process is different. Um, There's no right way to be an esthetician. And this is definitely a new frontier. Virtual facials and virtual consultations are becoming more of a thing. And it's just, it's new. So I think if I can offer some tips to help since it is so new, then wonderful. So excited to be to be a part of your process and your journey and your your learning process. To hear from those of you who have given me feedback lately that I have influenced your journey, it means so much to me and I want to be the best resource I possibly can. So yeah, I think without without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the tips for virtual consulting for new clients, and just having a strong relationship from the get-go. Okay, the first tip I have, and I have a lot of little like sub-tips within this first category, but the first thing I want to emphasize is 
Of course, there are some limitations to virtual consulting. Sadly, I don't get to touch my client's skin. I don't get to, you know, have my hands on the skin. I don't get to look at pore size the same way through a camera. I don't get to, you know, move the skin and see how it bounces back. So some things are certainly lost. So the best thing you can do is really get deep into your understanding of your client's current situation. Now, I think the advantage of virtual consulting is that you have the time to ask more questions, to learn more about this person, whereas I think it's pretty typical, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's pretty typical of many spas to operate almost in a little like factory style way, which is unfortunate. I think more spas should have more of a cushion for estheticians to feel relaxed, to feel like they have the time to ask more questions. But sadly, you know, business is a real thing. Making money is a real thing. And I think a lot of estheticians are on a tight, tight schedule even if it's a schedule we create ourselves, we're on a tight schedule, people are coming in, you need to make the most of that hour or however amount of time it is. So I think, unfortunately, oftentimes we don't get to spend as much time with the con- with the consultation, with the skin analysis, with, with talking to people. And I totally miss being in the treatment room. I'm I'm really realizing that as I am at home in this pandemic, but I think the silver lining is this pandemic has shown me other strengths about myself, and I'm sure you've discovered your own things about yourself as well, but I think I've realized one of my favorite parts of being in the treatment room is talking to people. And a lot of times in a spa setting, people don't want to talk, but having this type of of business is so centered around talking to people, having those conversations, asking those questions, and being a little detective. I love to look at somebody's routine and just understand the ins and outs, figure out small things that could be triggering a reaction for somebody or contributing to their problem. And I think that's really unique. It's it's sort of setting me up to realize I am carving out my own little niche here where I, at this point, I consider myself a little bit of a routine expert and a skin coach. So to me, that means like, really understanding the ins and outs of a routine, not necessarily even providing a service as an esthetician, but using my background and my knowledge to get into what they are doing every day. Because to me, that has some of the biggest impacts on skin. Yes, our treatments are so important. Yes, I rely on getting treatments myself to see big improvements in skin. They are both equally important, the home care piece and what people do outside your treatment room, just as important important as what goes on in the treatment room. I always recommend my clients also, in addition, go get facials quarterly, go get extractions as as needed to get ahead of the acne. Do not negate that, that piece of treatments and facials. I am not in any way saying that's not important, but I think There's people who need a lot more help at home and they're not able to get it. They they might come into the spa with a bunch of questions and they, you know, those people who really pick your brain and, and, and want to perfect what they're doing in their own, own time. Because a lot of times people just don't know they are facing so much marketing, so much stuff on social media, so many ways to approach skincare they they don't they don't know what to do so i think it's created this space for an expert in skin 
to really work hand in hand with somebody on everything they are doing in their day-to-day routine. So back to my main point, you need a solid understanding of what is going on with your client currently. The moment they come to you, it's like turning a fresh page. You have the opportunity to really unearth everything everything that they're doing, everything that's going on. So first, something I really like to understand is what is somebody's current dedication to their skincare process? I think in understanding this and and asking questions like how long do you spend on your skincare routine? How many steps do you like for it to take? You know, what what is your routine looking like? I start to get a sense from people, they find washing their face super boring, they want it to be as minimal as possible, or you might have somebody who will spend the time, who loves a 12-step routine, who loves buying product, you will learn so much about the person. And actually, I'm not saying one type of person is easier than the other to work with. Sometimes it's those People who like a really minimal routine that love just having three steps laid out and they will be a great client. They will be dedicated to doing what you're saying. And then there might be the person where you need to kind of undo a lot of bad habits they have set in place for themselves. But on the other hand, they are very willing to invest in the right and the right things for their skin. But I think understanding that baseline can be really helpful. And I also like to ask somebody, what can I do in our in our meetings to make you happy? What is it that you are looking for? I had an experience the other day. I'm actually working with a client who is another one of my client's daughters. She is 13, so she's very young. And, you know, she came to me with breakouts and her, I asked her what I can do to make her happy. She said she wanted glowing, healthy, quote unquote, perfect skin. Now, when I talked to her about her routine, I wanted to understand how much time she's spending on her skin. She really wasn't doing much of anything. She actually was not washing her face in the morning, she she wasn't washing her face after sports activities or workouts, and she really doesn't like washing her face. She doesn't really like the process of doing her skincare. So it was sort of a moment understanding what she wanted and also having to be very direct about what needs to be done to give her the result she wanted. Um, it was a kind of necessary in a little moment of self-reflection, I think, for her to say what she wanted. And then I could say, okay, great. Well, it's going to take a little dedication from you and we can work together, but it's going to have to um, be a part of your daily life. And, and together, I think we can get you really beautiful glowing skin, but you do need to take care of it. So couple other things that help me understand a client's current situation. I like to get an understanding of the diet. And I'll use this, this 13-year-old as my example again. She has a diet that is pretty rich in sugar and processed food, saturated fat, things like pizza, um, you know, things that are being provided as a school lunch, hot dogs, Uh, a bagel with butter every morning for breakfast. So I think also talking about that, it doesn't need to be a conversation that is you absolutely must cut out dairy, but it's more of a moment. How bad do you, do you want these results? What, um, are you comfortable making small sacrifices? Are you open to hearing about substitutes that can reflect in your skin? And something I had to also explain was, and this is something whether you're 13 or you're 55, I think many people don't necessarily understand because we are so entrenched in this culture of buying product to, to look 
prettier, have better skin. And a lot of us sometimes miss the piece that it also depends on how you are feeding your skin. That's a question I ask. How are you feeding your skin? What is your is your normal diet looking like? And this girl, she's beautiful, but she had this uh, breakout situation. Her mom said she's always breaking out in her forehead. And that's when the sort of the trigger went off for me. Okay, it might be a hair product. It might, of course, hormones are involved. She's, she's 13 years old. Hormones are typically involved with acne. But what else is going on? What is what is she eating? If she's washing her hair every day, she's not using conditioner on her scalp, could point towards diet. This forehead area is very related to our gastrointestinal system, our digestion, all of that. So that's when a, sort of a little red flag went off for me where I thought, okay, I need to ask, you know, what she is feeding her skin is she eating a lot of sugar or processed foods that could result in the forehead breakouts? So I think it was really powerful to just even bring up diet. And I never, I, to me, I'm not that person who's going to be forceful with diet restrictions. I, I handled this conversation in particular very delicately and I think it's something we need to be aware of as estheticians. If we are making nutritional recommendations, which we're not doctors, we shouldn't be giving diet or health advice. We can, we can touch on certain triggers for, for acne and inflammation. I think I think it is, we do have a responsibility to go there with people and it's just something you get better at, at bringing up in a way that is sensitive and gives them the power. I told her, you know, she said, it was really endearing and sweet. She said, you know what? I, I came across a quote the other day that said, if you want to eat chocolate because it makes you happy, then you should eat the chocolate. And it was so precious and endearing that I said, you know what, you are absolutely right. I think you should have your daily treat and we can think about how we can supplement supplement your life with, with foods that are whole, more fruits and vegetables. We can think about, oh, could we make you a really delicious chocolate shake to have, you know, on certain days, maybe we can look at a type of Reese's. I have this favorite candy of mine that is called Lily's that I was telling your mom about. I said, maybe you could try the Lily's. These actually don't have dairy. They don't have sugar. Maybe you would enjoy it just as much, but if not, that's your treat. You are entitled to it. I want you to be happy. And sometimes it's taking baby steps. With her, we're going to start with the sugar, even though we know dairy can contribute to acne. We are taking baby steps. I'm never, I never want to tell people how to live their life. It's more just giving people a guideline for how they can live better if they choose it. But there is, I think we need to remember that people can be impressionable. So I try not to rule with an iron fist. I try to let people make the decisions for themselves, but it's just a good idea to get an understanding of diet and educate in in a way that's appropriate. And again, not, not making somebody feel emotionally down on themselves because that's certainly a thing. And there's a difference between giving information and giving people rules to live by that are not going to make them happy. So I try to touch on diet and let people know that it can certainly reflect in the skin. The next piece I always, always need to understand are the products that the client is currently using. So this could be your client sending you pictures of what they're using. It could be writing down the product names. But I ask in, I, I get super specific. I say, tell me your whole routine, what you're doing 
morning and nighttime. And if there's anything else outside that that you use on a weekly basis, whether it's an oil or a mask, tell me that too. Tell me everything. And this is where I start to look at ingredients, look at the overall picture and understand what's going on, what could be creating a potential problem, what could be a better option for them. I'm finding a lot of women are doing an oil cleanse as their only cleanser in the morning, and it's leaving them with a film on their skin that's clogging their pores, preventing their other products from penetrating and working properly. Some people are not cleansing in the morning at all. Again, this is where I realized this this little girl was not cleansing her face in the morning. She was working out in the morning. Then she was going to school and she was putting her face mask on a face full of bacteria and oil. So that was something major we realized. And having that realization, you know, asking about her morning routine is how we are going to make overall progress in the routine by adding in a morning cleanse, making sure she knows to cleanse her face after sweating, after workouts. I also really try to understand what hair care, what other products, if people are having, you know, issues with with their skin on their body, with their skin near their scalp or forehead, I try to understand the overall picture and other products that could be on the skin that are creating a problem. This could be something like laundry detergent. Laundry detergent like Tide Pods can cause a really rashy breakout on the chest. If somebody is using conditioner using a lot in their forehead region, that can often lead to breakouts on the forehead. We found out that this, the teenager I was working with, she gets a lot of oil in her scalp area and it's just like a daily thing. Her scalp gets really oily. So it makes sense that her forehead is oily and she's suffering from some breakouts there. So we talked about things like keeping her hair really separate from her face, you know, wearing a headband when she's working out to keep that sweat and oil off of her skin, from being mindful in the shower to really rinse everything out, things like that. So overall lifestyle lifestyle is also something I really like to, to get an understanding of if somebody is a big, you know, sports person, somebody who works out a lot, somebody, how do they eat overall? How do they sleep? I like to understand what somebody's stress level is at. You know, I think you would be surprised even kids in school can have a lot of stress going on. I think right now with the pandemic, with people under more pressure, whether it's political or economic or Job-wise, I think stress is a big piece that deserves acknowledgement no matter what age your client is, no matter what their job is and their background. That's something I certainly like to touch on because stress has a big relationship with our skin. It can create a lot of heat and inflammation in the skin. So it's something to be mindful of. Sleep, again, so important. That is when our skin has the ability to undergo all of those reparative processes. So sleep is not to be ignored. I think it should be talked about in your consultation, whether it's virtual or in the treatment room. Thank you goes out to Allure Magazine for sponsoring today's podcast. I want to take a quick break and talk about where my relationship with beauty all began, where this whole obsession got its start. So I was a 90s baby and before Instagram and influencers, before YouTube get ready with me videos and TikTok, we had magazines. And I didn't just like magazines or casually buy them and flip through them. No, no, it was a whole event for me. I was just captivated by them. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for magazines. There was one in particular I waited all month long for, and that was Allure Magazine. 
It was so special because it was the first dedicated space for beauty that I had ever stumbled upon. That first space where I could just hang out on those pages. I could learn about the products. I would mood board my favorite beauty looks. I would pull out those pages and put them on my bulletin board. And I would just fully and unapologetically immerse myself in that passion. I waited all month long and when my allure arrived, it was this special day. I would just, I would dart out to our driveway. I remember I would tear off that plastic seal. I would run back to my room and lock the door and just hop on my bed and read the magazine for hours. That was my first experience with what we now call self-care. And you guys know me, I am always going to point you towards the best resources and information on skincare and beauty. That's why I am honestly so excited. This is so full circle for me, but I am so excited to share with you a new podcast from the experts at Allure called Allure, the Science of Beauty. Join Allure as they dive deep on topics like sunscreen and wrinkles, and don't be surprised if you discover your new favorite serum, hair mask, or scalp treatment along the way. Michelle Lee, Editor-in-Chief, and Jenny Bailly, Executive Beauty Director, are asking the tough questions, we love that, and getting the straight answers from dermatologists, cosmetic chemists, and more experts. The best part is you don't have to wait a month for the information to show up on your driveway like I did. A new episode airs every Thursday, so listen to Allure, the science of beauty at listen.allure.com slash tests or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll pop that information in the show notes for you guys. I know I cannot wait to listen to this podcast, and I hope it brings you the same joy that the magazine has always brought me. And then the last piece of really understanding where my client is at is making sure I have a form that they fill out. I always obtain a signature just for my personal safety and limiting liability, as well as using that form to, I use something called jot form. And I think every esthetician or spa business should have their own unique form. So I know there are a lot of, of forms sort of floating around that are a guideline and that could be like a, you know, you just literally copy what's on somebody else's form. I think it's my understanding that estheticians have their own unique philosophy. So I think most people will have additional questions, things they want to know about, medication, Again, all these pieces of lifestyle, product, you know, any anything that could be going on in the routine that's a specific thing. You know, of course, there's things like what medications are you on? Have you had Botox or medical procedures? Do you have any medical problems I should be aware of? I, of course, I think there's certain things we should all have on the form, but... I think in most cases, you should be customizing your form based upon your practice and your philosophy. So I don't think your form should look identical to everybody else's. I think it should reflect some unique things that you look for, or even if not that, that you ask in the treatment room. But I really like to customize my form and make sure it's as thorough as possible, again, because having that baseline understanding of my client is going to set us both up for success in the long run. The next piece of setting yourself up for success with your client is making sure that you understand what bothers them. What is the problem that is on their minds and I think we don't realize often the big role that skin can can play in somebody's self-confidence. So somebody's walking through your door, it might just be another client to you, but this might be an issue that is on somebody's mind every morning with them throughout the day when they go to go to bed at night. Skin is so personal. So you want to understand what is bothering them. 
as the client. If somebody comes to you, and I think this was a little bit difficult for me to understand as a new esthetician, which is why I wanted to make sure I touched on it. Somebody might be coming to you with glaring melasma, but if it's their acne that bothers them, that's what we're going to focus on because that is what is going to make them happy in the long term. So I think as estheticians, we're very aesthetic people. We we have our first impressions of people when we see them. And not to say we can't address those things as well, but it's not something we need to point out to them if they're not aware of it or if they, vice versa, they come to you with the issue of melasma, you don't need to point out their fine lines and wrinkles because it's not bothering them. Does that make sense? I think I think there are certain, you know, uh, idiosyncrasies to this. If this person's skin is obviously unhealthy and they're struggling with breakouts because they don't have a hygienic routine in place, we need to do that too. But just overall, I want to emphasize it is about what bothers them. You are there to make them happy and to align what you do with the goals they have for themselves and their skin. Now, I think along with this and understanding what bothers somebody, there comes a time and place where you need to be real with them and set the expectation. And I think setting the expectation is something you get better and better at with time. There were times in my career in the treatment room where a client wasn't totally happy or they would come back with a complaint, and this happens a lot, the best advice I can give you as far as avoiding a negative Yelp review, and it happens to all of us, believe me, there some people are always going to complain, but the best thing you can do to safeguard yourself is to be completely transparent about setting the expectation. I think a lot of times there are so many things we see on social media, so much has to do with marketing that subconsciously affects people. People still think they can cure their acne. That belief is still, you would be surprised how many people think that is possible. And so as estheticians, sometimes it's a hard job. And for me, I hate to disappoint somebody to tell somebody no, and it's not necessarily about saying no, but it's about being realistic and setting the expectation for the number of treatments, the phases that you can talk about to let somebody know when they can expect to start seeing results, when they should start expect to start seeing results, what it's going to take from from them on their end, the dedication to really thorough cleansing, to having the right products, that's something you need to touch on, to if they need to come back and and to see you, be very clear in laying out when they should do that. And again, setting the expectations. I think something I've noticed with my clients who are concerned with anti-aging is We are so used to seeing anti-wrinkle cream as a marketing claim, and people need to understand it's actually very difficult to to work on a true deep wrinkle with with even clinical-grade products. I think there comes a point where we need to be real with people. We can diminish the, the signs of wrinkles and fine lines, but... Again, there are limitations to certain things, and oftentimes it's about being clear about what people can do preventatively and being very clear that it's much easier to protect your skin from the sun now than try to undo a wrinkle that bothers them in five years. So be real with people, be respectful, be kind. These are very vulnerable things people are sharing with you. And I can see the emotion in somebody's eyes when they're talking to me and they're saying, you know, it was about 35 where I noticed this like marked change in my skin. And I started to notice the lack of collagen and the lack of brightness. And 
you can tell it really bothers people. And I think we as estheticians, we can all relate our own insecurities and that can make us stronger estheticians, just understanding the human emotion behind things, but also just being realistic and setting the tone, setting the expectation to minimize any disappointments and just make sure everybody is on the same page. The next piece that I think is important to lay out is that I think more often than not, and in most of my experience, there are those people who have a regular esthetician, they're on a great routine already, but for most people coming to me with a problem, I notice a big piece of the job is about undoing things they have learned undoing bad habits, unlearning to trust over-the-counter products is a big a big piece of the education and education is so important. Honestly, that's what I what I love and I enjoy giving facials, but I think I realized something about myself. I don't need to be giving five facials a day because I so deeply love the educational piece of it. So I could be happy giving a couple facials, facials a day as long as I get to educate and do that in in my my off time. But I think I have realized I'm not the esthetician who needs to be in the treatment room five or six days a week giving facials. It wouldn't totally make me happy because I enjoy really helping people learn about skin and learning from an educated perspective. People learn so many things from bloggers, influencers, from <laughs> from really things that are designed to look educational, but they're commercials. And people take in so much information about skincare that's not true. So in my experience, it is just as much about unlearning these bad habits. And to to do that, to really unlearn and set people up with, with to achieve the results, most times I need to start with a baseline. I need to take the 12 things going on in somebody's routine. I need to take them out. I need to look at the makeup. I need to look at the little, the quote unquote little things that they're using, like oils and oil cleansers and, and masks. I need to take all of this into account and start with the basics. Somebody could have 12 things going on in their routine that are really doing next to nothing for them. If anything, it's setting them back. And instead of having an acid toner and an exfoliating mask and a charcoal cleanser and, you know, this crazy exfoliant, I'm just naming out random things. But instead of all of that, I find most people can have more success with a simple effective routine. So for me, the first phase of working with a new client is usually setting them up with great basics that will lay the foundation of the routine. I work with so many women who have completely overstimulated their skin. They're using too many actives. They are exfoliating three to five times a day. They are just buying products that are honestly gimmicky and they're not getting enough hydration. They're not getting the ceramides. They're not feeding their skin. They're not giving it antioxidants. Four out of five people I have worked with are not putting sunscreen on on a daily basis. So it's these these little things that I need to educate on and I need to set them up with a great basic routine that's going to offer them the repair essentially to undo all the damage that they have done trying to self-diagnose and self-learn about their skin. People are copying routines they see on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram, and it's a big problem that is setting people up to damage their skin every day. So for me, 
It may sound simple to a client to just say, we need to replace your cleanser. We need to get you a toner. We need to make sure you have SPF in your daily routine. We need to make sure you have a moisturizer that actually has some water and humectants in it. And we're not just moisturizing with an oil that has no water in it. It's these little things that somebody might be thinking, oh, I'm just all of that. And I'm just getting, you know, a cleanser, toner, moisturizer, and SPF, like seems so basic, but yes, they need to have that foundation for their basic routine before you can start implementing serums and retinols and more treatment products because they need to have a strong foundation for their skin. Otherwise, it is susceptible to every external thing, every additional mask or exfoliant they put on their skin. If their pH is not balanced, if they don't have the right hydration, if they're excessively oily, nothing else is going to to be super effective. So oftentimes it's about educating about why somebody needs a strong basic routine and letting them know that you're going to work in phases with them. You are going to, of course, start implementing things that are more results driven, but sometimes you need to start from scratch and really implement great basics and make sure they have that, they can handle that consistent everyday routine and make sure they're cleansing every day. They're adding hydration back in their skin every day. They're protecting their skin every day. They need to have that down before you can get into all the other fun stuff, which I love a good serum. I love a good retinol. But again, the skin has to be as predictable as possible which happens by strengthening the barrier and making sure, again, their skin's everyday needs are met and the skin is functioning to the best of its ability. It is in a place that's strong, that's intact before you start, again, adding more things to their routine. So sometimes I think that's shocking for people to know, like, I'm never going to just hand you a mask on your first appointment if you don't have the the foundation of the routine if you don't have the core things in place. And I think that's oftentimes a little bit shocking for people. They're like, what mask can I use to have great skin? Like what serum can I use? And it's like, hold up, hold up. What are you doing? What are you doing every day? Because to me, again, that makes the most difference. So hope that wasn't redundant and I went on a little tangent there, but it is probably the most common mistake I see, especially amongst women, because we, a lot of us are excited by product. We love to buy product. And sometimes it's like, you don't need all of this. It can actually be very simple and straightforward and you can have probably you can have the skin that you've always wanted if we don't focus on what we can add that's crazy and more so just perfect. Again, perfect the basics. So we're going to start and make sure we have a great foundation of a basic routine. Of course, there's those people who don't want to 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 buy product they would rather buy it at Sephora they would rather do their own research do your best to educate them on why they need this basic routine and try to make sure they walk away with at least one or two things if not you know their core routine they walk away with some things that will help improve what they're doing on a daily basis at home. That way, when they do come back, you're not starting from ground zero again, and you can make some progress together. Typically, my clients I work with virtually are coming to me for help with the routine, so they really end up coming to me to know what product to buy, so I don't deal with that as much, and I know it's... um, more common in a spa setting for people to walk out of a treatment feeling like they've done what they needed to do and they're not as interested in buying products. But I think pretty much everyone can walk away with at least a cleanser or 
a great moisturizer or a toner. Um, those are the things I think are most important for somebody to walk away with. And then the next piece of that and that I want to really highlight as an esthetician's responsibility is thoroughly laying out the treatment plan. Talk about, I like to, to give people notes after our visit, much like a doctor. If I go see my my doctor and we have an appointment, they send me meeting notes. They send me any prescriptions or medications I need to get. They do a little after visit summary. So for me, with my virtual consultations, my job is not over after the appointment. I then go and analyze everything we've talked about. I seek out the products that that I know are going to deliver results. I write them a whole treatment plan. And again, this is where my second business comes in because I would love to be able to recommend my own products, have confidence in having worked in them, uh, worked with them and be able to recommend them to people. I think that's something many estheticians can do. You can create your own private label line. It may not cost as much as you think. And I think a lot of estheticians go the route of picking a big brand name and not to say there is anything wrong with that. I would say the majority of the successful estheticians I see do that. So I'm sure there is some some reason to their what they do. But I think if you're somebody who's investing in in a spa and starting your own business, at least consider starting your own line because I think you can really come out on on top that way and create a lot of success for yourself. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But make sure after your appointment, you have laid out a treatment plan and get specific. Tell people exactly how to use the products you're recommending. And hopefully there's some directions on the product too, but make sure they don't walk away clueless because you would be surprised many people don't know what order to use these products. They don't know how to use them. If there's special instructions, like you need to apply a mask in the shower with steam for a couple of minutes, make sure they know that. Just make sure it's very, very clear and make sure you give them the opportunity to ask any questions and answer them. So everybody goes, leaves the meeting knowing exactly what they need to do, what they need to buy and how they're going to use it in their daily routine. Okay, before this episode gets too long, this will be my last point. And this is so significant in the world of doing things virtually and not having a spa that somebody can call in case something goes wrong. But as somebody having a virtual business, you want to make sure you are reachable. So I think there are a couple ways to go about this. If you want to be somebody who is available for your clients to text every day, Think about whether it makes sense to, I I don't do this and I actually don't know, know anybody who does do this, but it could be an option. If you're working with somebody who wants one-on-one help every day and guidance every day, maybe you could come up with a little texting plan where you charge them for uh, daily texting. It doesn't have to be a crazy exorbitant amount. But if that's what you have to do to set a system in place where somebody can communicate with you and feel comfortable, that's an option. I make myself available to my clients and I'll just explain uh, my system in, in case you're curious. I charge $60 for the first consultation and it the appointment tends to be about an hour long. And again, it is extremely thorough. We are talking about all these things and we're trying to get to, essentially, we're trying to get to the root of certain issues. So that's why it's so involved. I'm never just handing somebody a recommendation for a retinol serum. I'm I'm never just making blind recommendations. If I can get to the root of something and that involves like changing their toothpaste, change making recommendations for diet changes, um, 
looking at what's not working for them product-wise. I want to ask all of these different things so I can get to the root of things and, and not just hand somebody like something that masks another issue, if that makes sense. So my initial consultations, again, are $60. Follow-ups are $50 because typically they don't, they're not as in-depth, but we do go over how the products I have initially recommended are working for them. And typically I'll already have an idea from texting how people are liking things. If they're not liking something, what we could switch out, but I let them know that we should have a follow-up in about a month or two. I am such an advocate for people slowly transitioning to a new routine, and I don't want somebody to walk away from an appointment, buy six products, and start using them all the next day because I think that can do more harm than good. So for me, it's a slow but steady process. So about two months ish, depending on what's going on with their skin, is when I usually recommend having another check-in. And again, people can be going to a spa in the meantime. I just like to know what's going on in the routine. Sometimes I'll say, please, if you can, if it's safe for you, have some extractions done before the next phase. That way we're getting everything out and you can sort of start with a fresh canvas. But um, $60 initially, $50 for follow-ups. And I sort of just weave in the option. If somebody wants to text me about, you know, what's what's going on with their skin in their life, I personally leave that as they totally have access to ask me questions and talk to me. I really like to let people know, like, you're not bothering me. Please keep me posted. I want to be involved. I want to know if you're having questions, if you're feeling iffy about something, just keep me in the loop. That's how I think this virtual consulting business can can really be the most effective. You don't want to lose people in the interim or talk to them once and never talk to them again. You really want to stay connected, stay involved. I have a very personal relationship with my clients. Most of my clients actually are, I would say, acquaintances, like people who have followed me on social media that aren't necessarily my best friends. And this is, I just think like interesting to notice, like your best friends are probably not going to be like your biggest customers. They're probably going to support you, like probably going to want to buy your products, but they're not the people who, you know, on their own sought you out and have that relationship with you, whether it is online or just how they view your business. You're going to have, you know, your own set of new people that admire you and look to you. And that's why I think social media and having the internet is such an incredible asset to estheticians. None of this that I'm doing would have been possible if I didn't start sharing in my journey, sharing my expertise, being authentic, and, you know, just allowing myself to be a resource for people and really sharing in my passion, I think is what has generated excitement from other people. So just know, no matter where you are at in your journey, whether you have just started school, it's never too soon to start building your portfolio, start sharing in what you are learning, and you will attract people who are in on their own journey and are attracted to you at different stages of your journey, no matter where you are at. But I think that's a great place to stop. We talked about so much. We talked about being thorough with your questions, really digging deeper, um, being a personal. I think people really value personalization and they, if they can have the opportunity to get your expertise in an area that matters to them, but that they're not the expert on, I think it's definitely a, a way to be an esthetician that we haven't totally explored in the past. But I think as people are more confined to their homes, but they're still looking in the mirror, they're still wanting to look good and take care of themselves. They just may not necessarily know how. I think estheticians are going to really 
just rise to the top. We need more estheticians who are sharing their expertise. I really, again, feel we have so much to offer and we are the we are the new generation of professional influencers you have so much power because of your knowledge and passion so don't be shy in sharing that i hope this helps like this was a pretty different episode for me and i i haven't done one that's just me talking about you know my business and my business philosophies yet so let me know how you guys like this i hope you liked my news regarding starting my line i cannot wait to share more updates so please let me know if you have any questions you can leave a comment on my youtube channel that is like the most invisible way for me to see your questions. And I think it's the way I prefer to get questions because then somebody else can read it as opposed to DMs as much as I enjoy our conversations. And I have some very beautiful, personal, intimate chats and DMs. If you can leave a comment on my YouTube, then other people can join the conversation. And I think it just cultivates more more community, which is what I want this channel and uh, my page to be about more than just a direct resource. I want us all to connect and talk and don't feel lonely. I know sometimes it can feel like an isolating job because you are on your own essentially and especially during this pandemic. So I really value community and I think that is so, so important. So please leave me a question, comment, suggestion, uh, input advice on my YouTube channel. And don't forget to leave a review. If you got any value from this episode, please leave me a little review on iTunes. It means so much and it helps other estheticians find me and support me. That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys as always. I'm thinking of you. I'm keeping you in mind in everything I do. And I really do do it for you. This whole business is meaningful to me. And I want to, I'm driven to do it every day because I want you to know if I can do it, you can do it too. So Hopefully this inspires you or motivates you or educates you in some way. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye.